Father, we come in this time into thy hands, O Lord, Monday morning for us. Sunday night, one other part of the globe, early morning, late afternoon, different time zones, Lord, but wherever your children are, I pray they are listening. For our Father in heaven always has something to tell us because he cares for us and he wants to conform us in the image of his Son. That is his plan for all his children to conform us to the image of the firstborn of all creation. Jesus. Speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen, Amen. So yesterday, if you were uh, spiritually present, you would have heard, <laughs> that means you're physically present, but if you were spiritually present, you would have heard the most dangerous, the most dangerous of all sins, most dangerous. And sometimes we miss the most dangerous and we tackle with all the others and leave the dangerous one there and we do not realize our Entire life is still corrupted. Like no down the stream, you see, you see cattle drinking or people drinking and people falling sick, cattle falling sick and dying and you try cleaning the water and all, but you don't go to the source. The spring from where it evolves or it originates and you realize the issue there at the at the spring where it originates it is contaminated so it doesn't matter how much you clean downstream what is flowing in is still contaminated okay so that's where we were looking at yesterday because behind everything in life let me put it again everything in life that's a spiritual cause even sickness. It's a spiritual cause. Okay. And if the spiritual cause is not addressed, uh, we do not solve those issues. And the spiritual cause is what is called sin. And God is dealing with that. But we need to look at, like I said yesterday, there are different kinds of sin. There are sins of the body, there are sins of the soul, and then there is the sins of the spirit. And like I said, sin did not originate with man. It originated in the heavens, not with God, but in the heavens. And it originated with probably the best of the archangels. So if you turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 15 and 17. Okay. And then we'll go to verse 17. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. Okay. So not in your way, in your ways. Okay, in all his ways. Lucifer was perfect when God created him. There was no mar, nothing wrong with him. Absolutely. Until iniquity was found in him. Okay, we know the word iniquity. JTC knows iniquity very well. Okay, that is what empowered sin. Okay, iniquity is what? So until iniquity is handled, the cause is handled, the effects will keep on continuing. 
Okay, so iniquity. And verse 17 says what it is. Your heart was lifted up. Your heart was lifted up. And will says, you were proud. Your heart was lifted up. Okay. Now, this is how you apply scripture. Your heart was, yeah, your heart was proud because of, okay, then fill in the blanks. Whatever it is. Okay. If you don't have beauty, you may have something else. If you don't have wisdom, you may have something else. The flesh can latch on to anything because of the self comes there. The flesh comes there. Okay. Let me tell you, this is a killer. Pride is a killer. Pride has taken everyone who went to hell was taken down by pride. Not because of their sins. Because of their pride, they refused to acknowledge they need Jesus. Even it was absolutely visible before them, they reject. I'll do it my way. Okay, so... When we are looking at certain things, we need to realize certain things are not as... That's what the Bible says. There are sins and there is this sin that leads to death. Okay? There is this sin that leads to death. And we need to ask ultimately, what are the sins that lead to death? Let me tell you, it's pride that leads to death. Okay? So we saw two kings yesterday, one called Nebuchadnezzar. And another called Belshazzar. Okay. Belshazzar did not get any, any reprieve from God. He was suddenly destroyed. Nebuchadnezzar did. Okay. Because like I said, there is pride that can be ignorant. But once God addresses it and he humbles you and you learn from that situation, God is able to restore. But what if you don't learn? Don't learn. Okay. So those seasons when Nebuchadnezzar probably was like an animal, Belshazzar must have ruled in his place until his father came to his senses. So he even knew why he was sitting on the throne. Okay? But he didn't learn his lesson. So these are things which we need to understand. And the familiar portion for us is Ezekiel 16 and verse 49 and 50. We read 49, but let's look at 52. Ezekiel 16, 49. Behold this, yeah. Uh, let's go to NKJV, okay? This is NIV. NIV sometimes will say, yeah. look, this was the iniquity, again, the word iniquity, okay? Of your sister Sodom, meaning what caused Sodom to become Sodom? And now he's not talking about Sodom, he's talking about Israel. Israel can become Sodom. The one who is prince with God and prince with man can become Sodom. She and her daughter had pride. That's the cause. That was the iniquity. And after that came everything else. We don't have to look at fullness or abundance of idleness, all this, okay? In itself, none of these things are bad. They all become bad because of pride. Fullness of bread means you have prosperity. Prosperity is not a bad thing. A bad thing. Idleness basically means you have plenty of time. It's an enormous blessing to have plenty of money and plenty of time. It's an enormous blessing. Okay. But if the iniquity is pride, this all will kill you. Why? Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the need. You did not use your riches and your time to help somebody else. Because you thought they were not worthy of it. So you turned it inwards to yourself. 
And this is what it said. They were haughty again, that word, and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw fit. I took them out as I saw fit. So if you look at, why were these people destroyed? Simply because of pride. Not because of what they did. Because they did not deal with what was causing these things. And don't sit there looking blank, I am so young to be proud. No, you are not. You are not. Okay? Because we don't, if you don't look at symptoms, we don't understand the disease. Okay? Sometimes it's only when the symptoms are manifested, we really know there is a disease. What if you have it? Why do so many cancer patients die? Because the symptoms were never there. And by the time the symptom manifested and it was diagnosed, it was kind of terminal. Too late. Too late. So if these things are diagnosed early and you deal with it early, you will run your life well early. And this is the work of the Spirit of God in us. Not through us, in us. This is the work that he does in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2. The Bible says when he comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, 3-2, sorry, 3-2, not 4-2, 3-2. This is what the Bible says. Behold, I uh, sent my, uh, yeah, can I have verse 2? Yeah. Who can endure the day of his coming? Answer, flesh cannot. Yourself cannot endure the day of his coming because the flesh contends against the spirit and the spirit contends against the flesh. Who can stand when he appears? Why? He is like a refiner's fire and like the launderer's soap. When he comes in, he starts burning stuff out of you. That's why the Bible talks of fiery trials of faith. Those who are in the faith have to go through fiery trials because there are things inside that you will not know until the trial comes. You will not know until the trial comes. And launder so because we are a different generation. We think it is our washing powder nirma. No, it is not that. That was not how it was done. Like we are a different generation. So in our generation, when clothes, especially dirty clothes, were given to the dobi, or even in your own homes, you know what? They used a kind of powder. I don't know what you call. Yeah, that powder. And you put it in water and you boil the clothes. Yeah? Yeah. Sora. You boil the clothes. Even my grandmother used to do it. Used to boil it. Light a huge fire outside, put that huge thing, and with this thing, boil it so that the dirt comes out. That's what he's talking about. Okay. We neither like fire nor boiling. But God says how deep-rooted these things are. Why? What is the whole purpose behind it? Purity. The filthiness of the spirit. Okay. So how do you, how do you diagnose? How do I diagnose whether I have pride or not? Unless I allow the spirit of God to work in me. You know? Okay. That is why one, I should be always focused inside. What are you trying to tell me? What are you doing inside me? What are you? Okay. So ears should be open. Turn to Matthew chapter 11 and verse 6. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Okay. One of the best symptoms of pride is offense. 
best in the sense, not in what the way you, okay, are the clearest signs of pride is offense. You are offended. You are offended. Offense comes in. Why are you offended? Because something of yourself, your flesh was touched. It's not even attacked, just touched. Okay, touched. See, anger manifests itself in so many different ways. Okay? Anger per se, it's not wrong. But it's what it is directed at it what makes anger wrong. God is angry. But if God is angry at unrighteousness, it mars his image. Okay, his anger. And in his anger, what he did is that he sent his son. In his anger against sin, he sent his son. And he poured his whole wrath on his son. You need to understand how God deals with his anger. Okay, deals with his anger. So anger, because offense will ultimately manifest itself as anger. Okay, and anger will show it in different ways. So the whole idea is, Bible says to be angry, but do not sin. Okay. So how does offense work? Okay, how does offense work? You saw Daniel yesterday, right? We saw chapter 6 of Daniel's, a whole setup, let us say 120 satraps blotted, including the two of the core group. Three were there at the top, Daniel was one of it, so 119 satraps blotted. But in that entire episode, you never see Daniel speaking about them. Even when he is lifted out of the den, he never speaks about them. He never tries to tell the king, do you know this was a plot, they set you up, you know, be, he didn't say anything directly, indirectly, we tried to give advice, next time be careful, meaning take care of these fellows. He didn't say anything. When justice took place, it was from the king himself. That's what the Bible says, Jesus showed away and he did not, he left it to God. See, the concept about justice and revenge are two different things. Okay. Don't come a flash. Your revenge has justice. Be very, very careful. That's what people do. No, I want justice. Really? Do you really want justice? Or do you want revenge? You want revenge. If you look at another important person in the Bible, you will never see Joseph talk about his brothers. Brothers. Neither does he talk about Mr. and Mrs. Potiphar. Never see him dealing with those things. In an entire conversation between two people, any context, two people, husband, wife, parent, children, two church members, or a sermon, okay, in an entire conversation, you could have one word that offends you. And after that, the conversation is gone. The message is lost. You need to realize the message is lost. That's what offense does. That's the entire purpose of offense. Why does the devil want us to be offended? Because the message will be lost. What is God trying to tell me? He's lost. What is my spouse trying to tell me? He's lost. What is the pastor trying to put across? He's lost. Because one word offended you. Yet, the person who was speaking never probably even 
intended it, it was a wrong choice of words, unintentionally. Let us simply say husband and a wife is talking, okay? Or a father and a child is talking. Or any of this thing. Two people are talking. And when you are talking, let's say one party got distracted or did something happened. And then you say, you never listen to me. Okay. You never listen to me. Finished. Because that one word... You never was used. You are not listening to me is one thing. Okay? You never listen to me means you touched yourself. So you are saying that I have very little attention span. Then you run with finished, interpreted, everything is gone. Okay? Okay? Or a father tells a child, you always lie. Finished. You call me a liar. In old western days in which we grew up, it is slap leather or eat crow. You call me a liar, come outside, I will show you. <laughs> Finished. Okay. Once offense gets in, I am telling you the message is lost. Message is lost. You don't hear what God has to say through anybody. It's gone. It's finished. The simple question is, why were you offended? Simple question. The question, the first question to ask is, am I offended? It's a dangerous thing. Second, why am I offended? Why am I offended? The problem is danger. I'm telling you why this is so dangerous. The problem is, offense is one of the most Dangerous manifestations of pride is once a person is offended, that person cannot be corrected anymore. Cannot be corrected anymore. You are at the edge of a cliff of falling away because you cannot be corrected anymore. Even God personally cannot correct Cain. He walks away from the presence of God because he's offended. And he's only offended because his sacrifice was not accepted and he's offended his brothers was accepted. He's offended. Which leads to anger, which leads to murder, but he will not change. And when he's judged, he is offended even more because of his judgment. And God is still being kind to him. Okay, nobody will kill you. I put a mark on you. They see the mark. Nobody is not bothered. He just walks away from the presence of God. So please be careful about the way that's why these lessons are kept in the Bible is because people don't just casually fall away from faith. People don't just casually walk away from God. There are reasons. That's why with Satan Paul says we know the devices of the devil. We know how he handles these things. We know him because he hasn't changed his pattern. Why should you change something when you know that it sells well every generation? Why do you have to change the product? It is selling well. If one product is selling very well in the market and similar products have come in the market, but nobody can take your market niche, okay, then why should you change your product? Okay. And the devil has sold this so well. So well. So the simple question is, you have to ask this question, how do I guard myself? 
how do i guard my because you have to guard this this self no you have to guard once you have understood and dealt with offenses you have to guard the word which is used garrison they let the peace of god garrison your heart and your mind in christ jesus that is why this in christ jesus comes up. let us look at that words we looked yesterday first timothy 6:7 for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we carry nothing out that's the one good thing to guard your heart one i brought nothing into this world i will take nothing not even your father's name you brought into this world some people are proud of their father's name their khandan even you did not do anything to bring it it had nothing to do with you he may have worked and earned a name what did you do about it you only try to mar his name jacob had a name his 10 sons only messed up that name what is there for them to be proud about their father's name nothing okay get this picture what did i bring nothing what will i take out nothing then what is left nothing so what are you offended about no everything that's the problem everything we are offended about while we brought nothing we take nothing we have nothing we are offended about everything okay now go to philippians chapter 2 verses 5 to 7 now listen to this okay let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus this mind means basically this attitude this form of thinking this realistic thinking okay now compared to us this is jesus who being in the form of god did not consider it robbery to be equal with god let's stop there this is jesus you should have this mind who is he god It was equal to God. Now go to Colossians chapter one, sixteen to seventeen. Look at who we are talking about, Colossians, and then we will come back. For by Him, that is Jesus, all things were created, that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things. this is jesus okay it's not that he came with nothing or went with nothing he is everything everything okay but let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus who being in the form of god did not consider it robbery to be equal with god but made himself of no reputation okay if you google sometimes because you only have phones and you are very busy you don't have time but you always have time for the phone i'll tell you one of the simple things it's called pun intended okay okay what you need to do is sir when you get a words like this what to do it is in type it on your whatever google this thing philippians 27 it will give you from bible gateway or bible hub one of these things it will give you that words and below it you will see a line in all translations That's a simple way to do. You can save time. 
And you click on that, it will show you these words in so many translations. And here it says, made himself of no reputation. Yes, we will say, emptied himself. NIV will say, made himself nothing. Think about this. Have this mind, which was in Christ Jesus, who is everything. Everything was created by him, through him, for him. And he made himself nothing. And therefore, he was never offended. If somebody should have been offended, he should have been offended. But he was never offended. So he showed us. That's what the Bible is talking about. He showed us a way. We are nothing and claim to be something. He is everything and he chose to empty himself. That's that's a different translation. He chose to made himself of no reputation, chose to empty himself, made himself of nothing. Like when it comes to us, let us see here. There are so many things over which we have no choice. Like, can we choose our parents? No. Can we choose the house we are born in? No. Can we choose the jobs of our parents? No, we can't. Can we choose the city, town, village we are born in? No, we cannot choose any of this. And Jesus could. He was God. Came in the flesh. He could. He chose his parents. Two very simple, poor people. Call it, only quality he looked was righteousness. A carpenter and his young wife. Picked up a very small unknown village called Bethlehem. Born in a stable, chosen. In a manger, chosen. Proclaimed to nobody, chosen. Flee to Egypt, chosen. 30 years living incognito as a simple carpenter, chosen. That's how he emptied himself. There are two sides of it. Because he had to be born in the flesh to take our sins. Yet he had to be born in a way where he was not a partaker of the iniquity of his father. There was, it is a double-edged sword. One, you have to be born as flesh. But the problem with flesh is that flesh has got iniquity in it. So he has to be born in a way that he doesn't share the iniquity of his father. So he's born of a virgin. The problem is when you're born of a virgin and the virgin is not married, the issue is there will be always a slander about your name. So he was born without a name. Who knows who his father is? You'll see it carries on 30 years later. We know who our father is. Who knows who your father is. So he comes with this stigma. Illegitimate. If you have any doubts, go back to your school, college tomorrow and call one of those little stronger than you. Call him a bastard and see what will his reaction. They'll break your teeth. Because KGB uses that word. Uses that word. Try don't pick somebody smaller. Pick somebody bigger. <laughs> and call him. See the reaction. Okay. Now, that is how he came into this world in the eyes of men. Illegitimate. Made himself. Because, see, names matter to us. Because that is where offense comes. You touch something which is connected to my profile. 
We have a profile, huh? We have a profile of a name, what we built up. It is all me, me, I did. That's why these self-made people, there's nobody like that, but they claim they are self-made. It's very difficult to save them. Because to save them, the self has to be brought so low to go under the cross. That's why Jesus said, very simple. I have come to save the sinners and not the righteous. Because if you think you are a righteous, you cannot be saved. Because first you have to first convince the righteous he is sinner to save him. But he will never accept that. So he became nothing. He, he became nothing. I'm telling you how offense works. You don't even, I mean, I'm telling you. Like it's now modern science, modern medical science is very interesting. It has divided every part of your anatomy and given it to different sections. So they are specialists in that. Okay. That's what has happened. Okay. Now think about this. Okay. I'm telling you. Think about this. Think about your eyebrow or your eyelashes. Okay. Now things which nobody notices. You are not very good looking. Okay. It's very difficult to accept, but let us accept. <laughs> okay. But by some chance you look in the mirror and you find your eyebrows are very nice. Okay. So somebody comes and says, did you go to the beauty parlor? Did you shape your eyebrows? No, it is natural. <laughs> it is natural. After that, okay, let somebody touch that eyebrow. I'm telling you, let somebody touch that eyebrow and you will be offended. One, you will be offended if a wrong thing is said about it or you did not get complimented about it. It can be anything. Anything. I'm thinking about silly things which people get offended about or they are proud about. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? It's a very good question, Paul asks. What is that you have not received? Let's talk about your eyebrow. You did nothing about it. Why are you boasting about it? So whether it is gift or fruit, you didn't receive it. You didn't have it. It was given. Let's talk about a gift in the natural or the spiritual realm. It is a gift. Meaning, gift means you didn't earn it. Fruit also, you didn't earn it. You just chose to stay. The gardener was the father, the branch was the son, and the sap that produced it was the Holy Spirit. So what is your part? Just sitting. Just staying. That all, what all compulsions and what all teachings and higher teachings and lower teachings that finally cost you to stay. You didn't even stay there naturally. How many trials and testings, how many cuttings and prunings before you will stay? So whether it is gift or fruit, what is that you have you did not receive? Think. Honestly, think on these things. What is that you did not receive? If it was not your own and if it was given to you, what are you... What are you proud about? Because if you are not proud, you will not be offended. 
Why was Jesus not offended, though he was everything, because he was not proud. He was not proud. Think, think on these things. Okay. We are not talking about ignoring issues. Issues should be handled. But if you, you can never handle issues if you are offended. You can never handle issues if you are offended. And the problem is that one issue which causes offense, it never can be handled until you handle offense. God cannot speak to you through anybody. Jesus himself could not speak. That's the truth. Go to Proverbs. Let's look, use KJV now, okay? Proverbs 18 and verse 19. Proverbs 18 and verse 19. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions, those who are offended will contend, will fight. Now who? Go back again. Verse 19. Yeah. A, a brother. A child of God. It's not talking about the world. Proverbs is written by a father to a son, a God to his children. Jesus to his brothers and sisters. Jesus is saying, I am your brother. But if you are offended because of my word, it's very difficult to win you over after that. You will actually fight me. You actually will fight me. That's what he's saying. You will fight me. You will fight me. Look at Acts 8.1 and 9.1. Very interesting verses. Okay. And Saul was consenting unto his death. It misses our eyes. Saul was consenting unto his death. Because we always read, and there was a great persecution. But we don't see the other one. Saul was consenting unto his death. Chapter 9, verse 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughters against the disciples of the Lord. Saul was consenting to his death. Whose death? Stephen's death. Why? Because there was a couple of verses. See, 55 verses are there in his entire discourse. 50 verses. It is revelation after revelation after revelation. Okay? And then if I'm right in words, 51 to 53, Acts 7, 51 to 53, the words that are being used. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. And Saul is offended. Saul is offended. You, me? Student of Gamaliel? You, dude? The fellow? We don't even know whether you are learned. You? Calling me stiff Uncircumcised in the heart? I resist the Holy Spirit? Which of the father, your, of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? You know what? He was offended. Do you know what happens? He consented to his death. He's not satisfied. Now he wants to contend with the brothers of Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus meets him on the way and says, why are you kicking against the goats? Mm -hmm. These very things, 
The whole idea that allowed you to be offended was to bring you to me, to show you that who you are. Who you are. You're not asking the right questions, Saul. No. That's why God asks Cain that question. Why are you angry? Other words, why are you offended? Ask this question. Why am I offended? What part of myself was touched that I am offended? Offense is not a bad thing. If you know how to deal with it. Because if you are not offended, the pride is hidden. Thank God you are offended because you are because you have so many things, you are not offended, and so Sunday after Sunday after sermon is coming, you are fine, fine, fine. Then one Sunday something comes and hits you. But I didn't know it was there. It was there. Okay. Because from righteousness to self-righteousness is a very simple slide. You need to ask this question. Why is God giving a particular illustration or parable to Nathan, to David? Because he's a righteous man who has sinned. He's not a sinner who is sinning. He's a righteous man who is sinning. So he used righteousness as an example and immediately he's offended. And when he's offended, he says, who is that man? He says, you are that man. You are that man. Immediately. Because what touched him was righteousness. When a righteous man's righteousness is touched, he is offended. See, when a sinner's sin is touched, sinner is not offended. But when a righteous man's righteousness is touched, that was the entire book of Job, his righteousness was touched. So we need to understand how these things work. Otherwise, you know what? We can be saved and we do not go through what God has to teach us. Look at Matthew chapter 13 and verse 21. Yet he hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while. But when tribulation or persecution arise because of the word, by and by he is offended. That's the actual word, offended. Because other translation uses the word of the result of offense. If you are offended, what happens is you stumble, you fall. But why? Because you did not have root. You did not allow the word of God to work in you deeply. And expose and take this junk out. So what happens is when tribulation comes, when trouble comes in your life, persecution comes in your life, because of the word, the word is now testing your character. Are you really the character of Christ? Is Christ really living in you? So when the tribulation comes, because this junk had not been dealt with, taken out, what happened? You stumble. You are offended and you stumble. You are offended, you are stumble. If you are not offended, you will not stumble. Okay. This is consistent in the word of God. Because these things are coming. And people will use it. When things happen, you will say, I did not sign up for this. This is not what I signed up for. They forget their marriage well. For better or worse. They didn't mean it. Because many of the problems in married life is worse. It is not better. It is worse. Because the whole purpose of a marriage or fellowship in a church or a relationship which God has ordained is to make bring oneness. Oneness does not come unless there is trouble. 
You cannot create oneness out of life when in which there are no trouble, no trials, no tribulation. It is not possible. When David picks up a picture of Jesus Christ, picks up stones, he picks up not from the ground. He picks up from the river because he needs smooth stones. Smooth stones are not naturally formed. There are no smooth stones naturally. It happens because of the washing of the word and the rubbing against each other, whether it is stone against stone or a stand, sand account. All and finally it becomes smooth and then God is able to use it. An apostle is not born. He is made. A prophet is not born. He is made. Evangelist is not born. He is made. A pastor is not born, he is made. A teacher is not born, he is made. The five callings. That's why the Bible says many of you should not teach. Because you cannot. You cannot. And this is our major issue. This is our major issue. If you don't deal with offense, I'm telling you, because it is one of the many symptoms primary symptom of pride, you will no go nowhere ahead in your walk with God. You will not go. So when somebody says something, what something happens in life when offense comes, and you will know it, offense comes, it's a good marker after today. Go back and ask, why am I offended? What touched me? I came with nothing. I'm going with nothing. So why should I be offended? What do I think about myself? What do I think about myself? The problem is, the danger, I'm telling you the danger, when offense comes in, something goes out. Thanksgiving goes out. You're no longer grateful. You're no longer grateful. Gratitude goes out. Give thanks in all situations. How can an offended person give thanks? See, that's how it happens. Everywhere, you know, that's the way. If I have to pour uh, uh, tea into this, the air has to go out. Otherwise, tea won't go in. Something goes in, something has to go out. So if offense comes in, thanksgiving goes out. If thanksgiving goes out, enter his gates with, I'm out of the presence of God. God is in me. God is not with me. Why? Because I drove him away. And what was the risk, root cause? Pride. How did it manifest as? Offense. Matthew 13, 54 to 57. And when he has come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue in so much that they were astonished. His own country, Nazareth. And said, whence had this man this wisdom, these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? His brethren James and Joseph and Jose and uh, Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with him? When then had this man all these things? They were offended at him. They were offended at him. They were very offended. I mean, this dude grew among us. For 30 years. We know, they won't even mention his father. They won't even say, he's indeed late Joseph's son. They won't mention his father. We know his mother. We know his brothers. We know his sisters. Where did he get all these things? Who does he think? They are not listening to the message. 
They are not listening to what he is saying. They are not looking at his works. They won't even accept his works. His message is always the same. It's a message that can save you, that can set you free. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed him to set the captives free. The captives won't receive it because they offended with him. How can he have these which we don't have? That is their problem. The same problem of Cain is being manifested in Nazareth. How can he have? How can his offering be accepted and mine not? What does he have that I don't have? God says, Cain, do you want to know what Abel has that you don't have? He has no pride. He has no pride. God looked into Cain. He looked into Abel. He rejected Abel, Cain first. Because you are proud. You are a self-made man. He's a humble fellow. Because genuine faith will not come without humility. If you want to walk by faith, it's impossible. It's not possible to walk with God. Because God is meek. God is meek. The proud can never walk with God. Only the meek can go. It's not that you will not fall, you will not fail. God is not looking at that. All that has been factored in already by God. He is looking at our spirit. He says, if you fall, can you be corrected? Can you be taught? Can you be changed? That's the question he is asking. Matthew 26, verse 31. Then said Jesus, all of you shall be offended because of me this night. We'll say they will stumble, they will fall. But why did they stumble? Inside every one of them, when Jesus was arrested and taken, they were offended. You mean to say three and a half years, we left everything and followed you for this? This is what we followed for? Is this what we signed up for? You came and gave us the gospel of the kingdom. We thought the kingdom was coming. And we're thinking about positions. We're thinking about splendor. We're thinking about the Romans being thrown out and the kingdom coming. We thought you were David's son, Messiah. The Messianic kingdom is coming. And we're already thinking in our mind, okay, this sacrifice is worth it because of what we are going to get. And now you're going to the cross. They arrested. You didn't do anything. You had the power. You did, but you did nothing. They were all offended. All offended. Same thing happens still today in the church. We hear these various gospels and then when we come and we start facing loss and loss and loss, we get offended. Is this what you preached? Come to Jesus, receive everything. Instead, all I face seems to be loss. They were offended. And they all stumbled. They all fled. They left him and ran away. All of them. John 16 and verse 1. These things I have spoken unto you that you should not be offended. But he told them everything in advance. Still they got offended. Peter was like, even if everyone leave, be offended, I shall not be offended. That poor man went and betrayed him three times. But, there is, see, this is the, this is my issue with people who preach. I tell them, be like Paul, give the full counsel. Don't give a false gospel. Count the, tell them, count the cost. This is the price of following Jesus Christ. 
You may lose everything. He may give back everything. You don't know. But start with this premise. I will lose everything and I'm okay with it. I will gain everything on that side. That's a different way. But here be very, very careful. Be very, very careful. Because, and that's what Jesus said. I know you will be offended. But don't tell me that it was ignorance. I warned you everything in advance. There will be persecution. There will be tribulation. There will be war. There will be famines. When all these things will arrest you, they will put you out at this thing. And many will be offended. I told you all these things will happen so that you would guard your heart when these things happen. You wouldn't be offended. That is the whole thing. These things are all going to happen. Okay? That is why the wedding bar. See, you, the pastor doesn't say, here, I take you to my duly wedded wife to, to live happily forever after. No. There's no wedding bar like that. That's fairy tale. For better or for worse. For poorer or richer. Sickness or health. You see, these things will happen. You don't know which one will happen. You don't know when it will happen. But remember when these things happen, do not be offended. Do not stumble. Do not run away. Why do marriages break? Because of offense. Why do churches break? Because of offense. Why do individuals fall? Because of offense. And God says, guard your heart against offense. Because if a brother, Jesus is talking to his brothers in Proverbs. He's talking, he's the elder brother, firstborn of all creation. He says, you you know, I'm telling you my brothers and sisters, if a brother is offended or a sister is offended, I'm telling you, it's very difficult for me to win you. When a strong city can be won over. Nuneva was won over like this. God didn't have to send an army. He didn't have to send. He sent a very reluctant prophet with a one impossible message. 40 days, there is no call for repentance. There's nothing in that message. I mean, it would be lost over our heads if somebody comes and says, 40 days and grace tabernacle is no more. He will say, what is this fellow saying? Think about it. That's what he said. 40 days, Nineveh will be no more. And they all repented. Nobody was offended. He was offended. (laughs) The entire city was not offended. They all repented. They all got saved. But it says, actual case, Proverbs 18-19 is Jonah and Nineveh. Nineveh was one hour. Jonah is not one hour. By the end of Jonah, we still don't know where this man is standing. We know where Nineveh is. They have repented from king to slave. Every animal also repented. Think about these things. These are important things because this, as you see, there was a line which God gave me yesterday which I forgot. The line was that when our children start growing older and they become more and more and more independent, it's a sign of maturity. Got it? The sign of, we're happy, okay. I don't have to bathe him. I don't have to bathe her. I don't have to make his bed. I don't have to feed him. They're growing. It's relief for us, joy for us. It's a sign of maturity. When a saint becomes more and more and more dependent, it's a sign of maturity. It's exactly the opposite in the kingdom of God. If you know you are mature, it is not your knowledge. 
how dependent are upon you. God to show the things to correct you and clean you and you realize literally what Jesus said. Without you, I can do nothing. Maturity in the world and maturity in the kingdom are opposites. It is not the same. It is not the same. And you will not be dependent upon God and grow in it if you are offended. If you are offended. Okay, so get these pictures. These pictures are important. Offenses are huge. And Jesus says, you know, I'm warning you. I'm telling you all these things in advance. He's not just telling them. He's telling all of us. Okay. And that's why when we read the Bible, we don't hear God speaking to us. We sit in church. We are not able to worship. We sing, but we don't worship. We mouth words, but we don't praise. We fellowship, but we don't edify. Because the fellowship is so shallow. Everybody is walking on eggshells because you are very scared and very careful about words because this brother should not be offended. That brother should not be. So there is no fellowship. There is no fellowship. It's not fellowship. Because everybody is walking on eggshells. So this one is very sensitive. That one is very sensitive. Everybody is sensitive. See, God is not directly speaking to people. Per se. He speaks to people through other people. And circumstances. He speaks through all these things through people and circumstances. And the simple thing is that Your prayer should be, Lord, guard my heart from offense. Guard my heart from offense. The same thing can happen to two people and their reactions can be so different. You lose all your wealth. You lose all your children. You lose all your health. He bows down and he worships and his wife who lost all her wealth and lost all her children, but her body was untouched, told her husband, curse God and die. Because she was offended. She was offended. Job was the richest man of his generation. And he was righteous. He was all that. But it never touched his spirit. Never touched his spirit. The children of Israel were slaves in Egypt. Moses was prince in Egypt. Yet Moses was the meekest man among them and he was not offended while the children of Israel were offended for 40 years. So it does not matter who you are. Offense is in. Though God told them, not because you are greater than them, not because you are better than them, you are this thing. Please guard your heart from offense. You were nobody. You were nothing. You were slaves. I took pity on you. That's why I picked you. So don't let it get into your head. I picked you. All those things are being told to Israel so that they would guard their hearts and not be open. It did not matter. They were offended with him for 40 years and he couldn't get them into the promised land. Well, if there was one man who should have been offended was Moses, prince of Egypt, mighty in all the wisdom of Egypt in words and deeds. And he was not offended. Not offended. He never talked about his past. He never talked about going back. He never talked about Egypt. He never talked. Never mentioned it. 
these are things which we need to understand i came with nothing i go with nothing never forget where you came from you know where we came from nothing you know what we are taking with us nothing you know in between what we have achieved nothing nothing it's a very humbling thing very well i still remember you must have heard it many times the first time when i went to rajasthan uh what was what's oh, jaipur yeah at the university over there uh, there was a wedding i had to preach at a wedding and i stayed in one of the profs of the uh, rajasthan university okay he was from kerala i stayed in his house nice person science phd everything and all so that day the, we were having breakfast uh, i looked at this picture black and white picture on his wall and this is black and white picture small little hut made with thatch this thing one man and two wife and two three children standing in front of it this thing i said what is that picture i said that's my home and that's my parents i never want to forget where i came from that's where i came from i will never forget from where god brought me do you remember when god told david you will not build the temple his response who am i who am i i know where you picked me from and you gave me everything who am i he never forgot why was Saul discarded because he said i am who after 3 years he started blowing his own trumpet okay remember these things even our own father's name and reputation we did not earn we came with nothing and we will take nothing and offense is the number one symptom of pride so pray every day lord guard my heart from offense so that when you correct me through anybody or anything i'll be able to hear the correction of my father and change thank you lord you are changing me you're telling me something in me which i wouldn't have known if you hadn't shown me that's why god god your heart now we shall pray that was sunday evening service for the rest of the world keep our hearts mind stayed on that one truth lord thy name thy kingdom thy will be done on earth yes we came with nothing we'll go with nothing the lord gives us everything we need whenever he wants however he wants yes and liberty to take it out of our lives but through it all will magnify your holy name thank you father thank you lord thank you thank you for today that we here the children here have a holiday thank you father we commit the rest of the day into thy hands o lord that you would be with everyone protect us from every attack of the enemy empower us and keep us guard our hearts for out of the heart flows all things issues of life thank you thank you lord thank you we bless your holy name lord 
we bless your holy name. We proclaim Jesus, thine is the kingdom, power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Amen.